Let me get set up. Good morning, Day Spring. And if you're joining us online now, or if it's Tuesday for you, we welcome you to Day Spring. Do you excuse me just for a minute? Francie? I love you so much. I told you that 53 years ago when we tied the knot, but I love you more now than we tied that knot. And I just want to say to you, that we win, that no weapon formed against us. <laughs> no weapon formed against us has even the power of hell to prevail over us. I just want to tell you that greater is he that is in you Greater is he that is in me, and greater is he that's in us than the perpetual loser that's in this world. I'm back. <clears throat> well, we're, we're studying, looking, teaching, talking about the cross. Uh, this month, but it's not about a history lesson. Uh, if if it's all if if it's a month long of history lesson, we'll, we we won't gain. We want to look back at it, and we want to see the cross, and we want to get different things from that by the Holy Spirit. But it it has to transfer into our lives, and it does. There's power in this, and so I, you know, I, as I've thought about it this week. Really, probably one of the first times in my life that the Holy Spirit gave me a title. And then I had to search out for the, for, the, for the meat of the title. And the title was The Passion of the Father. I'm, I'm like many of you. I sat and watched The Passion of the Christ. But I, I hadn't thought about The Passion of the Father. You see, if, if six people stall an accident, you'd probably have six different views of what happened. Have you ever thought about the cross? You know, what, what, what was going on in Jesus when he's on the cross? What does his mother, Mary, what is she, what is she viewing when she's at the foot of the cross? What about the, the, the ladies that had been delivered and healed and ministered to? The, the Mary, Mary Magdalene, as they're standing there? What about John, the Apostle John, the, the one he, who, who said that, that Jesus loved? Who laid his head on Jesus' chest at the, when they were doing the, the final Lord's Supper? together what what's going on in John's mind and heart as he stands there and he looks up at Jesus on the cross but what's what's going on in father's heart what does father what what is alive in father as he looks at his only begotten son ridiculed Beaten, scourged, mocked, hanging on a cross. Yeah, there were nails in his hands and nails in his feet, but it took more than nails to keep Jesus on the cross. Any moment in time, there was a host of heaven's army standing around, and all Jesus had to say was, get him, and it was over. 
It was this, it was, there was a passion inside of Jesus. What did the father, what's the passion in the father as he sees his son? Why? Why? Well, we want to look at that this morning. Psalm 90. I love Psalm 90. There's, well, I love the Psalms. I just get a, yeah, yeah. It's amazing how you can go to the Psalms and, and be in any given situation, but if you'll hang around in the Psalms long enough, it'll be where you are. And you can stay there and you can meditate until that Psalm becomes your Psalm and then you can just pray it. Well, in, in this, in this, I'm on old school. I like to hold the word in my hand. In Psalm 90, uh, it's, 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 in, it's called, and this is actually in the, in the text, it says a, a, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. A prayer of Moses. So, so we, we have insight because the Holy Spirit put this in there. We have insight in one of uh, Moses' prayers as he intercedes and he talks to the Father. And it's very interesting in this, in this psalm because it's, I love, it says, A prayer of Moses, a man of God. You know, the, the word that's, that's used there is, is Elohim. A prayer of Moses, a man of Elohim. Elohim is the, it's, it's the creator God. He, Elohim means the great, the mighty, the creative, the awesome, all-powerful God. And it says that Moses is a man of that one, <laughs> of Elohim. It's also a plural, which from a New Testament perspective, I read that and I think of the Trinity being involved. That, that word Elohim is mentioned 32 times alone in chapter 1 of Genesis. This is the creator God on the move, Elohim. And the, the word Elohim is used over 2,700 times in the Old Testament. Anytime you say, why are you saying that? Because that's, there's, three, there's three different words for God in Psalm 90. And words for God are not just titles. What the, the words are describing who he is and what he does. He's never stopped being Elohim. I may know him today as a, new, as a New Testament believer, as a follower of Jesus. I may know him as my father, but my father is Elohim. The, the psalmist, as he goes on, it, it just, the first word in the psalm, and Debbie, I'll get to where I'm going in just a second, but the first word is Lord. Now, it says he's a man of God. He says he's a man of Elohim. But when he says Lord, it's the word Adonai. So here is the man of Elohim speaking, and he says, Adonai, Master, Master, Lord. And then later on, as you move toward the end of the psalm, it, 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 it's not Adonai, but it's, it's the word Yahweh. Twice at the end of that psalm, he'll refer to God, and now it's, it's not Elohim, it's not Adonai, it's Yahweh. Yahweh. A name so holy that the, the Old Testament believers wouldn't even say it. They would substitute it with Jehovah. So when he gets to the end, he says, he says Yahweh, and Yahweh is the self-existent one. Self-existent, always been. There's, there's never been a time that God hasn't been. And can I tell you that in the heart of this, this self-existent one, there's never been a time that you haven't been in his heart? That's the passion of the cross. And so in the middle of this psalm, I find this amazing. Okay, Debbie, we're there now. Psalm 90, verse 11. Listen to this. This is, this is a wow thing. Lord, Moses speaking here. Lord, who fully knows the power of your passion and the intensity 
of your emotions. Lord, who fully knows the power of your passion? There is power in the passion of God. Who knows the power of your passion and who knows the intensity of your emotions? Well, there's only one. And it's not me. There's only one that knows that. And it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one person who knows exactly what is going on in the heart and mind of God. On Paul's second missionary journey, he traveled to a city by the name of Corinth. And this is in Acts 18, if you want to read about it later, but not now. Stay with me, okay? <clears throat> but he goes to Corinth, and, and Paul, when he goes there, he said, he's describing this in chapter 2, and he said, when I got there, speaking to the Corinthians, he said, when we came there, we preached Christ. Interesting phrase. When, when I came there, Paul said, we preach Christ. And I, you know, you, you can think, okay, when Paul went to Corinth, city of great wickedness, when he goes there and he's going to preach Christ, I mean, this is the bold, the, the strong, the powerful Paul. Except Paul describes himself, he just opens his heart and says, hey guys, when I came to you, I trembled, I was weak. And I was in fear. Those are his words, not mine. <laughs> I was trembled. I was weak. I was in fear. But thank God for the, yeah, thank God for the butts in the word. <laughs> B-U-T's. Thank God for the butts in the word. But, Paul said, I was also in full dependence upon the Holy Spirit. So in trembling, in weakness, and in fear, and yet in full dependence of the Holy Spirit, Paul said, we had one message. And he said, I, don't, I didn't want to know anything else. I just preached Christ. C-H-R-I-S-T. C, I preached Christ. He came from heaven. He always existed. I remember talking to a lady one time, and, and it was, she knew about the birth of Jesus. We celebrate that. But she thought it was the birth of Jesus. <laughs> she didn't realize Jesus had always been. He just laid aside his glory and took upon him the, the form of a bondservant. And he became a man, fully man, fully God, so that he could die for our sin. So Paul said, I preached Christ. I was in fear. I was trembling. But in dependence upon the Holy Spirit, I preached Christ. He came from heaven. Not only did he come from heaven, H, he hung from a tree. This, this, self, this, this one who had always existed with a father, he came from heaven and he came on a mission and his mission was not only to the re reveal the father, but go to the cross. And on that cross, pay the, pay, absolutely, teetotally pay the penalty for our sin. He went there and he... He paid the cost for our redemption. There was, a, there was a price to be paid. That's why Paul said, hey, you're not your own. You were bought with a price. So now glorify God in your body. So he came from heaven. He, he hung on the cross. And when he hung on the cross, he paid the full penalty for our redemption. C-H-R. But his story doesn't end there. Yeah, he died on the cross, but three days later, because he had a promise from the Father, the Father looks over to the Holy Spirit and said, it's time. Three days he's been there. And the Holy Spirit quickens the body of Jesus and raises him up from the dead. Paul said, I preach Christ. He came from heaven. He hung from a cross, but he is risen, and he is alive, and he is well, and he is victorious. Not only that, he said, I, C-H-R-I, 
This risen Lord Jesus Christ came to dwell inside of every born-again believer by the Holy Spirit. He is inside of us. I don't get it. He's so big, and yet he's in us. All over the place at the same time. He's in us. C-H-R-I-S. We preach Christ. He not only came, he not only hung, he not only rose, he not only indwells the believer, but he has sent them forth in the power of the Holy Spirit to do the same things on planet earth that he did when he was there for three, for ministering for three years. And then the last one, T, C-H-R-I-S-T, Jesus. Paul said, I preach Christ triumphant, always. He's always been triumphant. He still is triumphant. And he's coming again. And when he comes again, guys, he's not coming as a suffering servant. He's coming as the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's coming in authority. He's coming in power. And every demon of hell trembles. They tremble. I remember being with a couple. They were in our home. And they had, they had a lady lived with them for six months in Little Rock, Arkansas. And this young girl had been a part of the Church of Satan in Little Rock, Arkansas. And she had uh, attended multiple worship services in the Church of Satan in Little Rock, Arkansas. But she met Jesus. <laughs> she met the Redeemer. She met the King of Kings. She met the Lord. She met her lover, Jesus. And her life was forever changed, but for six months she lived with this Christian couple because they were discipling her and help her and helping her grow and getting rid of some stuff that was in her life. But her testimony was this. I find this amazing. She said, even when we were in those worship services and when we were having, uh, when it was obvious, we could see it, the demonic realm around us, even when we were there, we were conscious of the fact that every demon knew that Jesus was Lord. Every one of them knew that. And the, and the message, the, the work of the enemy is this, to get us not to believe that. To think they're the ones that are lose the, the winners. But guys, <laughs> we win because he's already won. Guys, and it, it we we are the church, listen. The, the church, guys, <clears throat> this battle, it will not be won by a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth inning. Guys, it's, it's, it was over before the first pitch was pitched. We, we win. He's, Jesus has already won. And every demon of hell knows that. The enemy knows that. That's why no weapon formed against us has a chance. No weapon formed against us has a chance of hell prevailing over us. Because it's our destiny to win. Because we're already won. Back to my notes. That's free. Okay. Back to my notes. So. <clears throat> uh, where am I at? Okay. So it, it's in the context that I was talking about where Paul said, I trembled, I was weak, I was in fear, but in full dependence upon the Holy Spirit, I ministered. It's in that context that I want to read the following verses out of 1 Corinthians. Because these verses will shed light on the subject of knowing the passion of the Father as he viewed the cross. Listen, I'm going to read it. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the very deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? 
Even so, no one, no one, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. No one knows the things of God. There are things that are in the heart of the Father that are only known to the Father, but the Holy Spirit who searches out the heart of God knows what those things are, and He reveals them to us. So when you read this verse and it says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and it hasn't entered into the heart of man the things that God prepared, guys, we have the revelator inside of us so that the Holy Spirit can show us the things that our eyes haven't seen, that our ears have not heard, the things that, listen, the Word says the things that God has prepared. There are things that are already prepared for us. Guys, just because we don't know something or see something does not mean that they don't exist. If they're in the heart of the Father, they exist. They're more real than what we see. The things in the Father are more real than this thing that's holding up my Bible and my notes. The, the fourth dimension, the spirit dimension, always has rule over the third dimension which we live in. And that's why you, we talk about creative miracles. The supernatural is what we call God's natural. It's just what God does. Because he just knows he's God and he's not taking any opinions from anybody. He's just fully confident in himself. He really is confident. So when, so when we look at the cross, I'm getting there, hang with me. We may come in on three or four different air, uh, runways, but we are going to get where we're going. When we look at the cross, we have to look beyond the visible to the invisible things that existed in the heart and mind of God before the very foundations of creation and then see those things being played out on the cross. What's, what's Father seeing? <laughs> what is Father seeing when he looks at the cross? Guys, we want to look at the passion of the Father as he views the cross. And the only way possible for us is with the help of the Holy Spirit. Remember that word that, Again, I, I, I read that part of it. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. That, that little two words there, has prepared, it means to make ready. It means to make all necessary preparations for something that's coming. It means to get ready. There was a, in in. In olden times, in the days of, you know, when you had kings, if a, if a king was going to go from here to uh, South Springfield, uh, his entourage, there were those who went in front of him. He's in his carriage or whatever, and he's moving that direction. But they sent out people in front, and the people in front would make sure all the potholes were filled. They would remove all the rocks. If there was any barrier, if there was anything keeping the king from the destination, they went forth to get rid of those things. On the cross. It's on the cross. When Father looks at the cross, he's watching the things being made ready for what's in his heart. He's, he's seeing the things that, 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 that are, are necessary preparations for us. I'm going to be ahead of myself, but I might as well go there. <laughs> when Jesus came to, on planet Earth, he did come on a mission. And, and his mission, among other things, number one, I believe, was to reveal the Father to us. And as he's revealing the Father to us, and as we study that out, <clears throat> what the, the main, there are many revelations, but I believe the main thing that, that Father was 
in Jesus wanting to be revealed to us is the fact that he's our father. We, 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 read, we read the Beatitudes and pray, you know, bless God for Brother Ray and the way he can break the Beatitudes and the, and the Sermon on the Mount apart for us. Thank Jesus for gifts like that. But when Jesus, we read that and we read it casually, but we don't understand that when Jesus is on the Sermon of the Mount and he said, hey, by the way, when you pray, say, Abba. What? I wonder what Jesus has been smoking. I wonder, has he ate some loco weed? I mean, what, what, is the, what is the deal going on with this guy who's, who's teaching us right now? He, he said, when we talk, when we talk to, uh, Yah, I can't say Yahweh, when we talk to Jehovah, uh, when we're talking, he said we could address him as Abba. Father, you know the, the word Abba, that's, that's the word when a, when a Jewish father would come home after a hard day's work and his two-year-old little one would greet him at the door and walk in. It was the two-year-old little one that would raise their arms and say, Abba, I love you, Abba. Pick me up and hold me, Abba. Jesus our father I mean it, it I, I, just, I don't know if they had the term then but I've got the sense that when Jesus said when you pray and say father there were those in the crowd that said stop the bus and back up father really yeah guys that's it, it is the cross is not an afterthought. Family is not an afterthought with God. I encourage you very much to read the, the book of Ephesians. Read it. Turn over that page because I got something I want to read out. There it is. <clears throat> I just blew past some stuff, Debbie. We may or may not go back there. But read the book of Ephesians. And when you've read the book of Ephesians, sit down and read the book of Ephesians. <laughs> and after you've read it that second time, get into another chair and read the book of Ephesians. The, the book of Ephesians, guys, is all about family. I heard someone say recently, within the last year, we talk a lot about family at Dayspring. Rightly so, it's in the book. And the comment made by, by this one, I don't believe in family. Dad does. Father does. Abba does. You read through the book of Ephesians and, and listen to the words. I mean, it starts out, grace and peace from God our Father. Whoa. The Father and Jesus are... are, are, are giving away grace and peace it it says it it tells us the book of ephesians will tell us in chapter 1 that it was in the father's heart to adopt us as sons i know that means daughters but it does say sons and ladies if you have a problem with sons just think about us guys who are brides yeah. <laughs> For me, sons has to do, sons and daughters has to do with the authority that we've got in the family. Being a bride means I've got the husband's heart, Jesus' heart. And, and so, and then he goes on, and again, I think this is about chapter 3. He speaks about us as fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Now, if that's not family, I don't know what is. That's family. This, and then he goes on with another phrase. He says, we have access by one spirit to the Father. Yeah. 
Now, can I tell you that before, before anything was created, God was there. Jesus, the Word, was there. Holy Spirit, the power, was there. They were there. And in the very heart of God, before any... Listen, this is in the Word. I'm not making this up as I go along, even though I'm not where my notes are. But I, I want you to know that, that way before anything was there, there is a desire in, the, in God's heart, Yahweh's heart, the Creator's heart, Elohim's heart, there is a desire in him for family, for sons and for daughters. That's already there. Can I role play for a minute? Better not go there. They may not get me on camera and I don't want them to miss this face. Ah, yes. Wayne? My name is Elohim. I'm the creator. I'm also known as Yahweh. Adonai. I've got a lot of names. And all those names speak of who I am. But they also speak of what I do. And you can find out about me, Wayne, when you read the, the, the book of Genesis. And it says that in the beginning, God, that happened to be me, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But Wayne, I want you to know, before I did any of that, I already had you in my heart. I knew what would happen. I knew that your great, 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 great grandpa would make a mess of it. And he would, and he would fall and, and his wife would fall. And sin would enter the world. That was never my plan. But I see things. I see the end from the beginning. And I saw that. And I knew that there was a penalty for that. And the penalty was eternal separation from me. But I saw you, Wayne. And I could not fathom spending an eternity in my heaven without you as my son. I didn't want that to happen. So I loved you so much that I sacrificed my son, my only son. Wayne, he took care of your sin and your sickness. He paid all the penalty, all the preparation necessary for you to come into my family, for you to know me as father, for me to know you as my son has been done. And when you cried out all that was necessary, you one day cried out to my son Jesus. And you said, Jesus, save me. And he did. And you're in my household. But I had that in mind before I did anything, before I created anything. What's fathers, what does Father see when he looks at the cross? He sees us. He, he sees a family that he's desired. Guys, again, I say, just because it did not exist, does, just because we could not see it, feel it, smell it, or taste it, doesn't mean that it did not exist. Once it was in the Father's heart, it existed, and it was coming on. It would be accomplished. It would be done. And today we live in that, in that place where the family, don't spit on the mic, buddy, <clears throat> where the family is being built up and filled up. We, we live in a day of such a magnificent harvest. There, uh, I, well, you know, part of the word is from the prophets, it's about a billion soul harvest. Somebody, if, if somebody would walk up to me and say, Larry, when do you think Jesus is coming back? My response from reading the book of Ephesians is this. When the family's full, the 
king will come. Every day that Jesus does not come back is a day of mercy for more to come in to the family. Every day is the day. And we, and we, we get the co-labor with that. We get the co-labor with what God is doing. Holy Spirit, where in the world am I here this morning? Okay, I'm going to, Debbie, can you go to that verse uh, in John 20? I think that's slide number eight. We'll zip right over there. <clears throat> uh, after Jesus arose from the dead, uh, you know, the, the boys, the 11, they're huddled up in fear inside of a closed room. Uh, they're, they're scared down to their sockless sandals about what's going on. The, the one they followed, they, they, he died on the cross. They saw him buried, and uh, they, they, they hear this rumor about resurrection, and, uh, but they're all huddled up in this room, and it's all closed up, and then all of a sudden, Jesus, he doesn't need a door. He just is there. There he is. And, if, and I don't know about you, Nate, but if I'm one of the 11 and I'm standing in this room and I'm scared and all of a sudden somebody that didn't come into the door stand in front of me, I'd want the next words that come out of that guy's mouth, which is peace. <laughs> yeah, I need that, Lord. Peace. And so he, he says, Jesus speaks to them and says, peace to you as the Father has sent me. So send I you. And when he said this, it said he breathed upon them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. That whole, that's a whole message in itself. I read that verse to just pick out one thing. <laughs> he said, as the Father sent me. You see, we're looking at the passion of the Father. The Father sent the Son. The Son willingly came because he loves his Father. But the, the, this, this, this Lord, Jesus, he was sent. And that word sent there is the, is the word apostello. It's the word from which we get an apostle. And there's four things about that that are really key to what we're talking about uh, right now. It, it means, the, the word means to be set apart for special service. It also means to send a message to someone. It means to send out with a mission to fulfill, and it means to be commissioned. So Jesus said, the Father sent me. So if we look at Jesus and we look at the passion of the Father, what we see is this. When the Father sent the Son, Jesus was set apart for a special service. That special service was to reveal the Father to mankind. Father wants people to see him. And, you know, when Jesus is, is uh, getting ready to leave, and it's uh, great, great sections. When you're done reading Ephesians for five or six times, go to John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. That's good stuff, too. But in the midst of that, the Jesus teaching prior to his, uh, when he would go through the, uh, go through the garden and then the, the mock of a trial and the crucifixion. When he's going through all this, he, he speaks to the, uh, to the guys and he talks about the Father. And, and I believe it was Philip that said, uh, Jesus, <clears throat> show us the Father and that'll be enough. And Jesus looks at him and said, have I been with you for so long? I've been with you for three years. And yet you still don't see the Father. Listen, Philip, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is the exact representation, Paul said in, in Colossians. He is the exact representation of the Father. Jesus was set apart for special service. And the special service when he was sent was this, to reveal the Father to humanity. But also, the word apostello means to send, <clears throat> to send a message by someone. The message that was sent from heaven was this. Father is leaning over and he's saying, I love you. The whole cross 
is an expression of the love of God. The message of Jesus is that God loves you. He's, third thing, he sent out with a mission to fulfill. What's the mission to fulfill? Reconciliation. God, the word says that God was in Christ reconciling the, word, the world to himself. So we see Jesus on the cross. We need to see the Father involved in what's going on on the cross because the Father's there reconciling us to himself. You know what that, you know, that word is beautiful, reconciliation. I mean, just, just walk around tomorrow somewhere and use that word. That's a big word. People will be impressed. Reconciliation. I didn't know we word, knew words that had that many uh, syllables in it. But reconciliation. Reconciliation just simply means this. It means to be restored into a relationship of intimacy. To be, to be restored into friendship with God. To be restored into a relationship with the creator of the universe, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to be restored to where we know him as our heavenly father. And then the commission after baptism, when Jesus was baptized of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit came upon him, he equipped him and enabled him to reveal the father, to release the kingdom, to die a sinner's death on the cross, and to pay the full amount necessary for us to be redeemed. I want to refresh, go back to one thing. Debbie, this will be slide number 10. <clears throat> the word apostello is to send a message by someone. Here's the message. You want to know the passion of the Father when Jesus is on the cross? Here's the message. So loved God the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish of everlasting life. You say, I, I, didn't, I thought it was God so loved. <clears throat> the, 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 the Greek people had an interesting way to write. If I, if I want, they, they had no punctuation marks, no commas, no periods, no exclamations, nothing. They just ran it all out there <clears throat> in a sentence. And it's our thing to go in and figure out where, the, by the Holy Spirit, where those sentences end, the next one starts. But so if I, if I am trying to emphasize to somebody, I, I, I want to make emphasis on, somebody, uh, on something, uh, in the, and I'm writing it out in a Greek language, I'll, I put it in the front of the sentence. May not fit in the front of the sentence. May not read well in the front of the sentence. But I want to emphasize something, so I'll stick it there. So when Holy Spirit is having John write this and declare this word, the first word in John 3.16 is so. It's the magnitude. So love God. The world. That's the Father. So love the Father. This heart of the Father reaching out for sons and daughters, for family, for a household. So loved us. He gave. He gave. Yeah, I recognize. I recognize that. I'm winding down. Holy Spirit, help me to wind down. <clears throat> Jesus on that cross is dying. He's suffering. When, when Paul said that Jesus humbled himself even to death on the cross, poor translation. Literal translation is this. Jesus humbled himself to a cross kind of death. Horrible way to die. Father loves, cherishes his son Jesus. You talk about a love bond between a father and a son. It's there between the father and Jesus. But father has such a heart for us. 
such a, such a heart for family, such a heart for sons and daughters that he doesn't want to spend an eternity without. And in order to make that happen, somebody had to pay the price. The father paid the price with the life of his own son for you and me. So if the enemy comes lying to you guys and you're in, you're in whatever kind of deep water and it's really hard for you to believe that God loves you, don't submit to the lie. The cross is the greatest statement on planet earth to how much God loves you. He loved you that much that he sacrificed the one he cherished so much. I'm out of time. But you're not, Lord. Let's stand together. You can't, you can't deal with the cross. You can't deal with this message. You, you can't deal with the subject of the fact that Father, Father gave his son so that whosoever would believe on him would not perish. You can't do that and just walk off. So I'm, I don't know if we... It, it, I'm going to ask for Nate and Phil just to come up here and stand. Pastor, associate pastor, lead pastor, associate pastor. Have, have, have to give you, if, if you're here this morning and you've never, you've never responded to the message of Father's love, you, you've never responded to that. You've never said yes to, I'm, the invitation, it's the Father's invitation. I love Psalm 23, and I've been in Psalm 23 for a lot of days now. But I'm, on one verse, I get stuck on something. I just kind of hang around there. And, and the, the phrase there that just, I, just gives, grips me is that it says the Father. It just says the shepherd prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Talk about confidence. Father just says... I don't care who's around, whatever enemies are around you, whether they're enemies of, of something that you're dealing with in, in health or finances or relationships or whatever the enemies might be, right in the midst of where you are, there is a table set up and Father is right there at that table. And He's just given the invitation, come. Come. So if you've never come to the table the first time, this is a great day. God loves you. The penalties, but you don't have to do anything other than just come forward and receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. That's it. The, one of the greatest testimonies I ever heard was, a, was a, a minister by the name of Jack Taylor when the Spirit of God moved upon uh, the church he was in in, uh, uh, in Texas, San Antonio, I believe. He was out, he came out of a restaurant and there was a, a woman there, a prostitute, selling herself. And the Spirit of God came so on him, he went over to her and he just shared a simple message of how much God loved her. And he was getting ready to give the Roman road and give the, the, all the ways that you pray. And the Spirit of God so moved upon that young lady that all she could say was Jesus. He said, she said, Jesus. And I'm thinking, Lord, she hasn't prayed the right prayer yet. She just said, Jesus. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I've got two brothers standing. If you've, if you've never called upon the name of Jesus, Jesus went to the cross. So I'm not going to make this easy for you. He went to the cross publicly, so I'm going to ask for you to come publicly. If you've never known Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can make the greatest decision of your life.
The second thing is this. If you battled with anything, and, and, and the, the battle has been in your life about Father, and the fact, does Father really love me? I just got to tell I just... Several years ago, Francie and I went through the worst hell we've ever been in in our life, and it lasted for three years. It was such a period of darkness. It was, it was the pits to go through. And I remember on a, uh, somewhere in the midst of this, I was in a friend's house. We were staying there on a Sunday. And I went down into the basement by myself. And when I got down in the basement, I got down on my knees in front of a, a chair and said, and I, and I was crying, I was crying so hard, and I said, God, I preached. I have taught that you're good. Because the psalmist said, you're good, you're ready to forgive, and you're abundant in mercy to everyone who calls upon you. I preached that. But right now, I don't believe it. And it hurts me that I don't believe it because it's the truth. You're good. Guys, if you're there, He's good. And where you are, I just say right now, wherever you are right now, just, just make an altar between you and God or come up here. Do whatever you take, but come into that place where you, by the Holy Spirit, respond to the love of God. He loves you so much. He's such an awesome father. And so we're going to sing. If you've got kids somewhere, you'll have to go get them. <laughs> but we're going to sing. I wouldn't know. I asked Noah to lead us. You're a good, good father. There's always an appropriate response to the word. The appropriate response is, do you know Jesus? If not, it's a good day to know Jesus. The other thing is to acknowledge the wonderful goodness of dad today. Oh, Father, you are so good. <laughs>